How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. All right, so thank you for tuning in and at the bit. I am Kyle Edwards, of course. So this episode, we're going to talk about the final game from Wildcard Weekend and the final piece to the divisional round uh, slate that will be coming up this weekend. So basically, it was uh, at this point, the winner between the Cardinals and the Rams were going to go to Tampa Bay, face the Buccaneers in the divisional round. All the other matchups were set at this point. Um, so this game was at SoFi Stadium out in LA. Uh, I did pick the Rams to win and cover in this matchup. And basically from the first from the first half we knew that this game was over. Uh, so just I guess in case you didn't know, the Rams ended up winning 34 to 11. Won it pretty easily, handily, whatever adjective you want to use. The Rams were dominant in this matchup. Uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals offense had no answers for the Rams defense. And I can't really say it was just the defense because there were times where Kyler Murray dropped back. And it got to the point where it looked like he didn't trust his eyes in what he was seeing from the Rams defense. So because of that, when he did attempt to make a few throws, the timing was off. And then there was others where he just held on to the ball because I guess at that point, he wasn't fully committed to any route because he was questioning whether the defense would get there or not. Uh, He threw two interceptions in the game and one Maybe the worst you probably ever seen in a playoff game. They were backed up to their own goal line. You know, he dropped back. It was one of those instances where he held the ball way too long. And the Rams got pressure on him. They even got to him. And as he was going down to avoid the safety, he kind of just flung the football out towards a receiver. I believe it was, I think it was Akers, the running back. I think, and the uh, pass was, you know, intercepted by, hold on a second, yeah, Long Jr., and it was a pick six, it was like two yards, so probably the shortest pick six you'll ever see, and like I said, it was a terrible decision by Kyler Murray. Because, yes, you don't want to take the sack for the safety, but uh, I guess he he was supposed to. Well, he should have recognized the pressure a little earlier. That way he could have gotten out of the pocket. And then worst case, you know, just throw it out of bounds or whatever. Because I think it was third down at that point. So 
yes, it would have made it tough on your punter because being on like the one yard line, usually punters like 15 yards at least to, you know, give them some space between the line and themselves. So if you're on the one, you're now giving your punter only about 10 yards. Probably goes to the nine. So, uh, all around, like I said, bad game for Kyler Murray in the offense. Defense, they gave up 34 yards, and it looked like the Rams could basically do whatever they wanted. Now, I understand that the atmosphere there, it was, I mean, it was loud. You could see that the team was feeding off of it because the Rams' defense was everywhere. Uh, Hard hitting as well. And then Stafford in the offense, like I said, they found pockets in the Cardinals' defense. And because of that, you get 34 to 11. So for the Cardinals, this kind of a, a continuation of their less than, you know, and their subpar performances for the last about month and a half of the season after they had done so well early in the year. It just, I mean, it, it completely fell off. And like I said, this unfortunately was the, I guess, the icing on the uh, cake of miserable play from them. Whatever the Rams. You know, Matt Stafford gets his first playoff win. I do. I think in Detroit, he started one game in the playoffs with the Lions, and they lost. So he finally gets his playoff win. For a guy as talented as he is as a quarterback in terms of you know arm strength and all that, it's hard to believe that this was his first career playoff win. But then again, the Detroit organization is a mess so you understand there for the Rams and Stafford as well it was good to get this one out of the way because like I said coming into the playoffs the Rams do have a lot of pressure on them because you know you're coming off of the offseason where you trade your quarterback Goff away to Detroit you get Stafford back who's clearly an upgrade over Goff and we saw Goff take, you know, the Rams to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So if you're upgrading that position, then the expectation is that you'll be able to get back, I'd say, to at least the NFC Championship game. Because there's plenty of talent on this roster. I mean, offensively, you're looking at uh, Sony Michelle, good running back, Stafford, like I said, upgrade over Goff. You have Cooper Cup, probably the, well, I was going to say probably the best wide receiver, but he's definitely one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, at times, uncoverable. You have Odell Beckham, who uh, we saw in this game, you know, we saw him not only as a receiver, but on one trick play, we saw him actually throw the ball. I hit Cam Akers down the right side on a big play, which I, we've seen Odell throw before, but you you could kind of tell that he's you know definitely engaged with this team. I know in his mind he probably understands that uh, since his days in 
well, New York, they didn't really have a team that you thought of as possibly a Super Bowl team. Then his years in Cleveland were, I would say, probably underwhelming as a whole. But now with this group, you know, he understands it's a chance he can make a Super Bowl with this team. So you just see him playing a little bit looser. It looks like he's just having a lot of fun. So uh, with him opposite cup creates a dynamic duo there uh, in terms of defenses trying to cover the pass. Defensively, you know, you have Aaron Donald. You have uh, Jalen Ramsey who's one of the top corners in the league. And you also have Von Miller, who they got from Denver midseason. Leonard Floyd. So there's some guys on this defense. And, of course, it's going to get tougher for them from here on out because uh, now they get Tampa Bay. And we know that Tampa Bay, when they're clicking, their offense is is a high-powered one. Uh, I'm not going to break down that matchup. That's later in the week. But Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Uh, Yeah, so Rams are moving on and now the division round is set. On the AFC side, we've got your, well, for the divisional round, just the quick little side note here the top seeds in the conference are now in play in terms of the playoff bracket so this will be the top seeds first game of the playoffs as they're now off their bye so the AFC the one seed Titans now get Cincinnati coming going into their building and then the second matchup in the AFC you have a, a rematch of last year's AFC title game between Buffalo and the Chiefs with Buffalo going out to Kansas City. And then on the NFC side, you have your one seed Packers will be welcoming the 49ers in who, you know, knocked off the Cowboys. We all know about that. Uh, Niners are the sixth seed. The lowest seed left in the playoffs. Then second game in NFC, you have your two seed Tampa welcoming the Rams into their building. So, uh, division round is now set. In terms of the wild card round, uh, I did pick all six games. I went 6-0, and just picking straight up the winner. And then against the spread, I went 5-1. and The only one I missed was the Patriots game. I took the Patriots plus five, I believe the line was, and we all know they got blown out by 30. But every other one got right. So off to a good start so far in the playoffs. Uh, Once again, I will do divisional round picks later in the week. But we'll see if we can keep up the good percentage so far. Uh, But yeah, so back to the wild card round. I'll say on the whole, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, I think this 
wild card round was probably around uh I'm about to knock some points off for a lot of the games being blowouts. Um yeah, like a five, five and a half out of ten. Cause even with the blowouts, it wasn't like a miserable weekend, you know. We, the Niners Cowboys game was probably the most entertaining, maybe. Um, I mean, it was good to see the Bengals in their drought, so that was definitely a plus from the weekend. Uh, we saw the Buffalo team that a lot of people thought was a Super Bowl contender before the year. We saw a little bit of that in their game against New England. Pittsburgh, Kansas City is probably the worst game of the weekend and most likely the end of Big Ben's career, So, but that was I guess cool to watch. Eagles, Bucks game, eh. I just said 49ers Cowboys probably the best game of the weekend. And then Cardinals-Rams was... I mean, Cardinals-Rams could have been the worst game of the weekend to be honest only because Kyle Murray's I mean Kyle Murray's probably the worst quarterback of the weekend and going into the playoffs if I had told you that Kyle Murray's was going to look the worst out of any court well let me take a step back there because we did have Big Ben but based off of expectation I would say Kyle Murray was the most disappointing quarterback of the wild card round. Um, I guess real quickly, let's see, disappointment. Let's see, yeah. So, Kyler Murray won. I mean, I would say Big Ben too, but I wasn't expecting a lot out of him anyway. We can say Big Ben too. Yeah. It was him going, going out party. So, didn't really show the best in Pargo Dak three Jalen Hurts four Maybe Mac five and then Derek Carr yeah that's probably how I ranked them from the sixth Losing teams from Wild Card Weekend. So, um, let's see what it is. Okay, okay, so I do want to talk a little bit. I do that in this one or another episode, but I want to talk a little bit about these openings that we're starting to see and some of the names that are popping up for some of these coaching searches. I don't know if any of you have paid attention to that, but um, hold on a second. I mean, the the hot names that we're hearing in terms of the coaching carousel. Uh, Br- um, Brian Flores, the guy got fired from Miami, which said was a shock. Um, Jim Harbaugh, we're hearing. Now, it'd be interesting to see if he were to leave Michigan 
which job would be the attractive one to him not for me and I think rumors are the Raiders may be looking at him and I think that would be that'd be an interesting job to take because you know if you keep Derek Carr you have a good quarterback not a great quarterback but you have a good quarterback I mean problem is if you stack him up against his division he looks kind of weak because you have Mahomes, Herbert and then Carr probably slides in at number three depending on what happens with Denver because we know Denver's been linked to I mean what Aaron Rodgers at one point I think Russell Wilson so if they were able to bring in a veteran quarterback like that then Carr may end up being the worst quarterback in the division but they are a playoff team so you have a good base to start with Uh, interesting name is Gerard Mayo the linebackers coach from New England we're hearing his name kicked around Um, we're also hearing some names that are a little iffy to me because I think uh, the Cowboys coordinators are getting an interview Uh, so that's Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore I mean if you're going to base it off of that playoff game I don't think either one of them deserves a shot right now Um, and especially Quinn we saw what he could do with the Falcons now I mean with the Falcons he had pretty bad defenses Cowboys was a decent defense except for that playoff game when it was needed so I don't know what to think there but I would say that those two probably need to have another prove it year before they get into the carousel but um will be interesting and Well, Dayball, the OC from Buffalo, that makes sense because he's, he, I mean, he was talked about last year. Uh, there are a couple of surprising names that are out there. Jim Caldwell. Only because I didn't know if he was still kind of on the minds of any of these teams, but he's getting interviews. Uh, Doug Peterson, if you remember him. Uh, he was the Eagles coach when they won their Super Bowl over the Patriots. And he's been out of the league like two years now or something. So he's getting interviews. Uh, and of course, whenever you're talking about the coaching carousel, there's going to be an eye on minority candidates, of course. And especially with the way Flores was fired in Miami going to be a closer eye to it this time around I fully expect Flores to get a job I think I think Todd Bowles may get one because he's the defensive coordinator in Tampa and the further Tampa goes uh, in the playoffs here the better he's going to look and then same with Tampa Bay, you have Brian Leftwich, Byron Leftwich, sorry, not Brian, Byron Leftwich, who's trying to get into coaching. And I mean, what better resume than 
you know, the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady. So he's looking good as well. Um, we also have Leslie Frazier, who's the uh, defensive coordinator for Buffalo. And we saw that Buffalo defense play really well against New England. So he's looking good as well. So I would be absolutely shocked if how many positions are open? So the Bears job, Broncos job, Texans job, Jaguars, Raiders, Dolphins, Vikings, and the Giants. That's eight jobs. If no minority candidate gets one of these eight jobs, then this this is going to be a real big problem. As I said before, the eight jobs aren't exactly that bad. Uh, there's a couple situations that are a little iffy. I mean, the Houston job, we know with, you know, with uh, Watson hanging over the head, what's going to happen there. The overall organization and its, you know, ineptitude these past few years. But outside of that, I mean, I could find a positive with almost any other job. Giants one as well is a little iffy, but but I think the Giants are in a situation where they could turn that around pretty quickly there. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, just wanted to talk about that really quickly. Just to let you know, you know, interviews are happening. It is a little tricky with the playoffs because you try to interview that uh, you know some personnel from a team that's in the playoffs. The deeper the team goes, you know, some of these teams got to wait a little longer. So now we're in the part where it's kind of wait and see, you know, which job's the first one uh, to be uh, hired for. And then once that happens, we might just see a domino effect going on down the line. So, of course, if there's any news on a coaching hire, uh, we'll definitely talk about it on here, but uh, but yeah. So thank you for tuning in. You know, if you're new, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. You know you can subscribe, uh, hit the like button, leave a review, comment, whatever, depending on where you're listening to it, and go over to Twitter. Follow me at Chopping Podcast. There you can interact with me as well. But, or you can go to the Facebook page, Chomping at the Bit, you know, follow that, or like that page, and then you, know, you can listen to episodes there as well, interact there as well. So, um, guess for the rest of the week, uh, we'll do an NBA episode, probably the next one, uh, to talk about some teams as we're getting around to the trade deadline some of these teams that are kind of floating around the middle and by that I mean like the playing tournament and even might be below the playing tournament right now are there some teams that have a 
hardcore like duo or trio that might be getting a little stale and maybe they should be thinking about moving some pieces around and I'm going to focus on two teams primarily uh, the Celtics and the Lakers talk about those two situations but there's some other teams that I think we should be talking about as well uh, about you know possibly shaking up the roster so talk about that and then after that we'll see because I'll probably well, there's going to be games with Saturday and Sunday for the division around so after I talk about the NBA stuff I'll probably get into division around preview type stuff we'll see a uh, couple of other things I may talk about but like I said best way to find out you know why I drop an episode is subscribe <clears throat> or if you're over on YouTube uh, subscribe and then do the notification bell as well so uh, definitely do one or the other but um, as I always say be safe out there God bless I'll catch you next episode alright I'm out Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 